Welcome to Translating Aging, a podcast about how the science of human longevity is transforming the way we treat disease. In each episode, we bring you conversations with the researchers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who are working at the vanguard of the field. Translating Aging is produced by BioAge Labs, a clinical stage biotechnology company developing therapies to extend healthy lifespan by targeting the molecular causes of aging. I'm Chris Patil, VP of Media at BioAge. This week, we're continuing our exploration of the longevity biotech sector outside the United States, which began last month. Today, we're joined by Mark Bernegger, a founding partner of Maximon, a Swiss-based company that describes itself as a longevity company builder. Mark himself is a serial tech entrepreneur who has been following developments in the field of longevity since 2009. Mark, thanks very much for being here. Yeah, hi, Chris. Happy to be here. How did your interest in longevity translate into the creation of Maximon? I know you have several other founding partners. How did you all come together to form the company? Yeah, the original, let's say, starting point was Christmas a year ago when Tobias Reitmut and myself sat together in his chalet in the Swiss mountains in the snowy St. Moritz. And we had white paper, blank white paper, and knew that we somehow want to move into this field of longevity, but without any concrete idea. So first we thought about starting a venture capital fund and just invest as en entrepreneurs and investors in existing longevity-related companies. But we somehow had the feeling that the market is still in its infancy and there are not that many relevant companies yet. So that was ultimately the trigger to decide that instead of doing a venture capital or private equity fund, we rather as entrepreneurs together with other founders, start new longevity-related companies ourselves. So Maximon was born, essentially, as a longevity company builder. Let's start with a couple of simple background ideas. What is a longevity company? And second, why is it important to build them? The term longevity, I think, is not in a very formalized way defined. In my perspective, it's everything which has a positive and measurable and also science impact on the human lifespan. That's at least in my view, broad definition of the term. And by having more companies, more investors, more entrepreneurs, more startups in this field of longevity, we ultimately together will be able to also achieve this vision and ambition to have longer, healthier and happier lives of humans. No one ever said that founding a company is easy, but are there unique challenges that face companies in the longevity space? Yeah, definitely. I would say, and our ambition is to only focus on businesses where there's a real scientific background. So not selling snake oil, which is maybe on the short term, very profitable, but definitely not sustainable. And also not in our focus from an ethical long-term perspective. So this element is definitely different. It's not just about scaling fast and then move to something else. It's really about building sustainable, measurable, long-term impact. And I think that's something which is unique in this field. What's Maximon's specific strategy for building longevity companies? And how do you help the startups that you're working with overcome those unique challenges that you mentioned? We see each other as a company builder, as somebody being involved from day one, maybe even before that. So we found the companies together with our co-founders. We support them from day one. We help them with all our network experiences and learnings as serial entrepreneurs ourselves. We support them with money and we really try to be a sparring partner without maybe 
becoming too annoying. <laughs> but still, every time we can support, we want to help to build successful and sustainable companies in this field. When did you get started, by the way? You said it was last year? Yeah, we formally launched early 2021. Okay, so you've been around for about a year and a half, formally. Exactly. How's it going so far? We're quite happy. I mean, uh, we're roughly 30 people right now and now accelerating. So I think we will increase the headcount in the next few months to come. We have two companies out of our group, which are one is live and up and running. So selling longevity related supplements, quite a few exciting products in the pipeline for the next few months. The other one is launching literally as we speak, health data and longevity concierge company. And then we have several companies in the making, which at least two of them will launch during or till the end of this year. And on the, let's say, people side, we're quite proud to attract because ultimately it's always about the people, the passion and the stamina of the founders that we are able to attract really outstanding individuals. A lot of them coming from very successful careers, sometimes with uh, young families, so going all in, doing the entrepreneurial journey instead of the traditional safe corporate way. And I think for me as an entrepreneur, that's always very fulfilling that you can be an alternative and create more entrepreneurs starting companies. That's an impressive rate of creation of companies. So congratulations. I want to talk briefly about each of the companies that are already out of stealth. Avea advertises science-based and tested longevity supplements, allowing for precise and tailor-made delivery to individuals, ensuring health and well-being improvements, and slowing down aging. Their product line focuses on NAD repletion, which is a hot topic in aging interventions at the moment on the consumer side. So why was Avea a good candidate for Maximon's company building efforts? Ultimately, why Avea is our first company out of our company builder. I mean, if you move into as an individual into this field of healthy living and longevity, I think the supplements is one of the most obvious fields where you're looking into, right? I mean, there's food, there's exercise, there are all kinds of things. But if you want to do the next step, I think everybody of us gets in touch with some of these supplements. And that's why for us, it was obvious to start with a supplement company. At the moment, you just mentioned it, we focus on some already well-known and existing ingredients and supplements, but the exciting part will follow later this year when we will bring new substances to the market, which we also own and which we will also bring to the market together with some of the most well-known and respected researchers in the field of aging. So that will be then the next step of AVEA. So we have quite a few interesting substances in the pipeline. So the NAD Plus was just a starting point. Earlier, you talked about your ethical commitment to selling things that are effective and avoiding any kind of product that might be considered snake oil. I want to play the skeptic for a moment. One of the things that differentiates the supplement sector from pharmaceuticals is that supplements can be sold with no demonstration of efficacy via, say, human trials. And even if we know they work in preclinical models like mice, there's no legal requirement to optimize the dosimetry in humans or really show any kind of health effect. How is Avea addressing that issue and how is Maximon guiding them through this terrain? That's a very good point. On the other side, you can check it out uh, on Trustpilot, for example. I mean, I'm personally extremely surprised what kind of feedbacks I get from my friends. Most of them never took any supplements before 
we started Avea and I started to talk about these exciting ingredients. And we just get feedback, especially on the short-term effects. As you know, with NAD plus NMN, where you have a energy boost, more vitality, maybe less sleep, all kinds of short-term effects after taking it for a few months. So that's definitely far more than just the placebo effect. So that's why I think even by not being in the same regulatory framework like drugs and going through all the FDA approvals, I think there are a lot of indications. And that's now also something we see from our customers where supplements, at least when you focus on the science behind, have a measurable impact on humans. Let's move on now to Biolitica, the company that you said is launching even as we speak. Biolitica, according to its website, combines state-of-the-art health data analytics and personalized longevity programs based on the latest scientific and medical breakthroughs. Can you explain to us in simple terms what Biolitica does, or I guess is going to do? I don't want to go too much into detail because the company is launching as we speak, and it will be also connected with an interesting announcement with all the details, but ultimately we'll focus on the individual health and based on all relevant interventions you can do and data you can get, starting from quite well-known fitness tracker to blood analysis, DNA analysis, and all kinds of other elements you have nowadays to really have a holistic view on you as an individual. And then based on that, first analyze it. And in the next step, starting maybe with very small interventions, change the short-term and ultimately also the long-term health of humans. I think there's a huge demand and potential for it. And when you look at the team of Biolytica, Rob, the CEO, is coming from the medical family office field. There's a growing demand, especially in this field. And together with our other scientists involved, we want to tackle this challenge. So there's actually kind of a nice synergy between Avea and Biolytica. You can imagine the same consumer assessing their state of health vis-a-vis aging with a Biolytica product and then maybe adopting an Avea supplement regime and then using the Biolytica measurements to see how the Avea regime is helping them. Is that something that you imagine happening in the future? Yeah, I mean, you went straight to the point. I mean, one of the interesting elements of a company builder is that we can leverage all kinds of synergies. We have other companies in the pipeline where there will be also a lot of cross-fertilizations and synergies in between Biolytica and Avea. And that's, I would say, one of the main advantages of our model that you can really boost and accelerate the growth by combining some of the different business models. And as you just said, I mean, it's quite obvious Biolytica is an independent and neutral company, but it's not completely out of scope that Avea will also play a part of the supplementation of the clients and customers of Biolytica. To the extent that there's an interaction between the two companies, they're not competitors. You can really see them more as cooperators. At least that's what I'm getting from your explanation. Exactly, exactly. The other companies in the Maxim Unstable are under stealth, which means you can't tell us much about them. But I'm going to ask anyway, what can you tell us about the companies under stealth? How many are there? I mean, our plan is to launch at least two to three additional companies till the end of the year. So we're literally already staffing some of these positions. Without going too much into detail, one of the subjects we'll cover is elderly living because we look at longevity from a holistic perspective. So it's not just about the drug and biochemical and pharmaceutical element. It's also about the megatrend in general. 
So by having more elderly, healthy, longer living people, a lot of business models will change. So elderly living is a big topic. Something we're looking into is the whole microbiome, gut microbiome, but also microbiome in other areas where you also have huge impact on longevity. So let's call it longevity meets the microbiome is a field, something we're also closely looking into and where we also see a lot of exciting developments is the whole skin field in between beauty and longevity. As we also all know, you can fight the symptoms of aging by doing some interventions from the outside. Maybe on the short term, you look a little bit younger and fresher, but maybe it makes also sense to focus on the foundation of aging of your skin cells. So that's something which we are covering. And then another field, which will be very synergetic to our existing companies is the whole longevity walk-in clinic element where you have all kinds of longevity-related treatments, but maybe not in a hospital, but more on high street where we can maybe over lunch or in the afternoon do some of the already now also scientific-backed treatments which have a measurable positive impact on your individual longevity. One of the conspicuous absences from the list of directions that you're moving is regulated drugs. Will Maximon ever be moving in the direction of pharma, or are you staying more on the direct-to-consumer side? On the short to mid-term, we will definitely focus on the non-drug side. One of the reasons why we decided to launch Maximo as a company builder was also that we wanted to show that it's possible to monetize the mega trend of longevity as we speak. So not waiting for 10 or 15 more years to maybe bring the longevity pill, as you could call it, to the market or the longevity drug, because we think that there are already quite a few very exciting fields in the mega trend of longevity, which are existing as we speak. So that's maybe a big differentiator to some of the other well-known companies in the field that we rather go for the low-hanging fruits and not for the moonshots yet. In five years from now, if we have, as we plan, 12 to 15 companies in the market, that might change. But I think there's so many short-term opportunities you can tackle, some of the one I mentioned before that we're at the moment not focusing and looking into the whole regulated space or let's say fully regulated drug space. That's why I think Maximon is also coming from a different angle and we see each other very synergetic to most existing longevity companies because we're not competing with them, but we rather bring a little bit a different perspective into the market and a different approach. That's fantastic. And I think already the longevity biotech sector, even in the regulated drug space, is pretty cooperative. And we don't think of ourselves as competitors because everyone wants everyone else to succeed because a rising tide lifts all boats from the standpoint of investment and public awareness. I really appreciate the way in which Maximon kind of fits into that picture in a completely different way from most other companies. So thank you again very much for that thoughtful response. I want to move away from Maximon now and talk more generally about the investment environment in Europe. So Translating Aging, this podcast is US-based and, and we're in the Bay Area of California, which has its problems, but is an absolute playground when it comes to making connections between entrepreneurs and venture capitalists. And it may be one of the best places in the world for a longevity biotech startup to find early funding. So we're a little spoiled. 
And other places in the U.S. have a healthy VC ecology as well with respect to companies focused on aging. Based on your experience, how do you feel like the investment environment in Europe and U.S. are different? And how does Maximum's strategy of company building or fundraising reflect that? That's a good point. I mean, it's not just related to longevity. I think the whole investment and risk-taking landscape or attitude is completely different in Europe and the U.S. We have a far more conservative and less vision and ambition-driven investment landscape. One of the key sentences when you go for moonshots here is always if you want to dream big, then you should go to the US because you won't find that many investors who are financing big ambition dream cases. But that's just how it is. On the other side, maybe we are far less overselling products and services. So I would say if you sometimes look into some of the cases from the US, it's the fake it till you make it is sometimes maybe a little bit overstretched, (laughs) which is maybe also a cultural thing, right? I mean, in Switzerland, uh, people are maybe far too conservative when it comes to selling their products. Most of the companies are also not very good in selling. I mean, the most famous example, the microchip, which was invented here in Switzerland and commercialized in the Silicon Valley. That's why it's referred to Silicon Valley. I mean, the first literally computer came from Europe and now the whole industry is out of Europe. So hopefully that will change in some other industries going forward. But I think it's also quite an interesting synergy that you bring these two different approaches together. At the moment, we are mainly focusing on Europe, but our strategy going on the long run is definitely a global one. And hopefully we can then also implement some of the advantages you have when you're based or focused on the US market. Keeping with the theme of investment, another project of great importance to you right now is the Longevity Investors Conference, which brings investors together with founders in longevity biotech and thought leaders in aging science. And it's being held at the end of September in Gestadt, Switzerland. Among other illustrious speakers, Kristen Fortney, the CEO of BioAge and my boss, will be presenting there. Tell us a little bit about the conference, how it originated, what's special about it. Yeah, we're very proud to have your boss on stage, I think. She's a very visionary, not just entrepreneur, but also speaker. And the core idea of this whole Longevity Investors Conference is really to show traditional investors, not the ones who are already investing in longevity, and there are not that many, unfortunately, yet. So to attract more money, more traditional money for longevity-related projects. So really to have a platform focusing on ultra-high net worth and other wealthy individuals who are interested in the subject, maybe mainly from a private perspective, but then realize that it's also a mega trend and a huge investment opportunity. So let's say my personal wish and dream about the conference, besides having some of the most relevant people on stage and some very relevant people in the audience, is to really increase the pie and the sum of money flooding into the longevity industry. On October 1st, you'll hopefully be saying, wow, that was an amazing success. What do the parameters of success look like for an event like this? I would say the main indicator is that we could attract additional money for longevity-related projects, that we could generate more visibility outside the existing circle of longevity investors. So to really have more individuals, more investors, more funds which are looking and not only looking, but also investing in longevity. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure I joined BioAge and the rest of the longevity biotech community in the United States and elsewhere 
and wishing you great success with that event. I can't wait to hear how it turns out. As we close the interview, I want to go back to a high-level view and just sort of let you basically say whatever you want, but I'm going to give you a couple of prompt questions. What do you think are the most important aspects of longevity that aren't being addressed right now? And what do you think the most exciting things are that are going to happen in the near term in our industry? I think maybe following a little bit our vision and ambition with Maximum to focus more on the short-term impact of longevity. So again, not just going the longevity drug route, but also look into all kinds of exciting products and services which have an impact on the human life and health span, literally as we speak. Going forward, I think we will see far more really evidence and science-backed interventions, services, and products which have this impact. So that's why, I mean, I can't tell you what's happening in 20 years from now, (laughs) but I'm very confident that already in two years from now, far more people have an understanding that longevity is something which affects them actually right now. And they can not by just having unlimited sums of money, but also just by maybe modifying some of their daily routines have a quite dramatic impact on their individual life and health span. Mark, thank you so much for being so generous with your thoughts. You've given us a lot to think about, and I just really appreciate your joining us today. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Many thanks as well to our listeners and subscribers. If you have feedback or suggestions for future episodes of Translating Aging, you can contact us by email at podcast at bioagelabs.com, on Twitter at bioagepodcast, or via our LinkedIn page. You can also follow our sponsor, BioAge Labs, on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.